Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. UFC 299 will be number three ranked lightweight Dustin Poirier versus number 12 ranked Benoit Saint-Denis. When you're talking about great fights for 2024, everyone's minds are instantly already going to UFC 300. What's it going to be? What's that card going to look like? And don't get me wrong, UFC 300 is actually already looking really, really good. But do you think stacking 299 as much as it has been stacked is going to sacrifice how good 300 could be? By not having some of those fights on 300 just a month later. Yeah, I think maybe. I, I, you know, there's, there's some people like Dustin Poirier who you feel like would really have yeah. done well. Mm-hmm. Such a good 300 fight, you know, that Benoit Saint-Denis fight. But that's the thing. Like, Dana has been extraordinarily bold in, the, in, in saying, oh, yeah, there's going to be two more title fights. It's definitely going to be Leon Edwards. Oh, yeah. Leon Leon said at Aston Villa, he was like, yeah, I'm fighting on 300, didn't he? But that's what obviously makes me nervous, having a, a card like 299. Because you could have taken some of well, those. It, because it, you could have taken some of those and you could have put them on 300. Although, you know, when you do hear Dana White talk about 300, he goes, it's going to be stacked from top to bottom. It doesn't necessarily mean, oh, there's going to be a great headliner. It just means it's going to be full of really We need people like fights. Diego Lopez and, and Brenner and, and like these new guys mm. that everyone's excited by. You want to put those on there as well. Yeah. Yeah, people are just gonna go nuts and- it's just down to the fact that it's i find it so fascinating from a like a business perspective that like dana does kind of always stoop to those kind of like levels to go we're going to aggressively counter program something like francis uh, versus joshua as well i think the reason it sticks out as well because ufc 300 feels like a thing it feels like the thing we're supposed to be excited for it's like it's marketed to us as like this is the 300th event we've done 300 numbered events where we've made it this far and it's like a celebration of our best talent, our best stars, our best fights we can put on. And we're kind of, it feels a little bit like we're kind of not getting that. Will you be disappointed if it is Alexa Grasso? Will you be disappointed I won't be dis- if it's Leon Bilal uh, and, and Alexa Grasso versus Shevchenko like three? I think... If those were the two f- title fights coming. I think what we've already got, I've kind of lowered my hopes and dreams for this card because i'm kind of like they're great fights some interesting matchups but it's not kind of like the big like the stars i'm used to there's not like a max holloway there's not like a a, a sean o'malley on there there's not like like the people i'm familiar and i'm excited about seeing if you looked in like who's in the top 15 pound for pound how many of those guys are going to be at 300 because yeah. those are the those are the best fighters in the world you want to see those guys at ufc 300 how many of them are actually going to make it? It's probably not a lot. Is, yeah. is your answer there? And even if I know he's kind of we kind of moan about him all the time and he's been and gone, but there's no McGregor there even. 
Like, why is why is that not like he is like the company man? Why is he not there? I always thought Dustin Poirier would have gone on a 300 no matter the, the, the fight that he was going to have, the opponent that he was going to have. But now, with the news, obviously, of Francis Ngannou making his boxing return against Anthony Joshua the day before UFC 299. It's like extremely aggressive, like counter uh, showing, as you were saying, but like the fact that it's in Ghana, you can't help but feel it's almost spiteful in the, in the way he's doing it. It's not like it's a it's a head head to head clash, but if you are spending, you know, sixty dollars or north of sixty dollars for a pay per view, ultimately you're going to be. I mean, let's be honest, most of us aren't going to be paying anything. No, anymore. no one watching this will. <laughs> exactly, like. but you know, a lot of people aren't going to are going to choose one or or the other, aren't they? And it's pushed the UFC to make a really stacked pay per view, which is great. Can you imagine how petty it would be if you imagine this scene, right? You've got Sean O'Malley just beats Cheeto Vera in the way that, he, you know, however he beats him. And then you've got Shavonte Davis outside of the cage. He brings him in and then Dana White announces some sort of like Sean O'Malley, Shavonte Davis, like super fight as well. Is Would that just be the absolute kick to the bulls of like Francis as well and be like, not only did we entirely oh, overshadow yeah. your event, but also we've made this fucking super fight in the middle of the cage after the main event as well. On top of a fucking stat card. It's just saying to Francis, like, we had no faith in you to sell anything. We had no faith in your boxing skill. We don't want to work with you because you're not good enough. You're not big enough. Whereas Francis has gone away and proven a lot of people wrong by knocking down Tyson. By by winning the moral victory, a lot of people think he actually won the fight rather than losing to split. But if they come out on the same event a night after and say, oh, yeah, we're going to organize this mega fight. Obviously, they've, they've crafted their boy from contender series all the way up to do things very like true this. yeah like he he's he's not like an industry plant but he's like he was made to be this star whereas in garnu's kind of just come in more naturally so yeah it would be incredibly disrespectful for Ngannou and it would kind of validate all the reasons why he left because he wasn't being treated with the same respect or the same caliber as other people even though he's done more had to work as hard you know so it's, it, would be, it would be very interesting if that did happen but Sean O'Malley has to beat Cheeto Vera first and yeah. you can't really look over overlook him no, as an exactly, opponent. So. Yeah. It doesn't matter. All they want is Sean to knock someone out. And then they can post the whole fight online like they did last time, get everyone excited, overshadow yesterday's highlights because everyone's seen it, and now Sean O'Malley's the big thing again. Even, yeah, but Sean has to win as well. Even if like, uh, even if there is some sort of like massive knockout between Joshua and, and Francis, whichever way that goes... Do you think that a Sean O'Malley KO or, you know, amazing moment for him could overshadow I, I don't, anything? I don't, I don't That's think... That's why they've had to stack it the way yeah. that they've stacked it. It's because Sean O'Malley cannot stand alone over the over someone like Francis yeah, Ngannou. Yeah, if you have a Benoit Saint-Denis fight of the year with Dustin yeah. Poirier. Yeah, exactly. Got... Like, it's heavyweight boxing. It doesn't need to do much to sell. It just kind of... It appears and then does really well and everyone makes millions and millions of dollars. If you went down the pub and you asked a bloke... Do you know who Anthony Joshua is? He's like, yes, 100%. Like, Sean O'Malley beat Aljamain Sterling, who was being dubbed as the new greatest bantamweight champion ever. I don't think anyone would know who Aljamain Sterling is, but I feel like anywhere people would know who Anthony Joshua is compared to someone like a Sterling or an O'Malley or Cheeto Vera, you know? Wasn't there reports as well, like, uh, that people were like, oh, it didn't, you know, O'Malley, uh, Sterling didn't sell well? Yeah, but apparently, but I mean, we don't, we don't get those numbers now anyway. So no, unless, exactly. Yeah. Even if O'Malley comes out and said, oh, actually it did 600,000 buys, well, well, he would say that. So 
I think it, the card is... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Back to, to rope in the, the hardcores. I don't think Sean's a star yet where he's just going to, he's drawing. Like, like, not like, he's not like a Connor. I know he's, he's going on this uh, path right now. It's like, I'm going to be as big as Connor. I'm the next guy. But it's like he hasn't had those wins against certain people. He hasn't had those rivalries against certain people. Cheeto is his biggest rivalry just because he lost. There's no real bad blood there other than the fact that Sean thinks he's better than him. If you looked at all of the champions in the UFC right now and you wanted to pick the one that had the most future potential, the one who was the right age and the one who had like the most marketability and you could make them headline 300 regardless of how well it would do, do you think the UFC would put Sean in that position? Like, no, they're not going to make him headline 300 because like you said, he's not a star yet. Yeah. But in an ideal world, I feel like that's the guy they want in there, right? So they're yeah. also kind of giving him that yeah. in the event before and then, yeah, like you said, stacking the rest of the main card so people are going to watch do it. Do you wonder whether or not posting the full fight yeah. against Sterling or the, the full round, do you think that is desperation or, or f to, to get him over or do you think that it's just like shows you the popularity of Sean O'Malley where they go hey guys this fucking happened look look at our star knock out the champion of the world become the champion get it in, in, into as many eyes as possible because nobody fucking watched it live or do you think it was just a case of this is such an epic coming out moment for Sean O'Malley as the next big star that we just want more people to see it. After the fights, Dana obviously did his presser and they were like, so what, what happened there? Why did that whole thing go out? And he was like, I don't know. It's like, it's ESPN's content. It's They, they do what they want. And it's like, yeah, fucking of course <laughs> yeah. they do. Yeah, He got the fucking sign off. They yeah, got the oh, sign they, they off went, so went, If bad, something crazy yeah. happens, yeah. Uh, Sean gets a massive knockout, posts the whole fight instantly, on, from a pay-per-view, yeah. as soon as it happens, they put like, like I can't even look at fucking highlights in my region on Twitter. <laughs> Every time I click on a video, it goes, it's not available in your area. It's like, and yeah. you're posting a whole fight of your greatest champion ever getting knocked out. Like, what's, like, it's so obviously tailored to try and push Sean when, like, at that moment. Did they even do that for McGregor? Did McGregor knock out Aldo and they posted it immediately? No, I don't think so. I, I don't remember. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm asking whether or not you think it's desperation or you think it's just like a, a, a coming of, of age I, I moment. Think, I think it's a new aggressive tactic to try and like get a star up there. I don't think it's desperate because I don't think UFC treasure their stars the same way as they used to. Yeah. But I think it's like an aggressive tactic to be like, look at this fucking guy. Get him in your, get him in your eyes. And again, like if you can get that 299 card as stacked as possible and you have all these incredible fights if you can get the internet and the general sort of social sphere talking about 299 over that then what is everyone going to lean into they're going to lean the fact that sean headlined that event yeah well. and also you so you would go oh the reason why this was such success not just because the fucking dozen incredible fights outside of what sean's doing it's because because sure, you know Sean will take all of that energy. Yeah, and, that, and that, also that victory. you can count on Sean O'Malley to to perform. Like yeah. against Cheeto, it's going to be a tough fight. But when is Sean not 
put on the performance he was supposed to. He yeah. always delivers. The, the Piotr Jan fight was very close, but that was still a great fight. It wasn't boring. Yeah. So Sean always delivers. So it's like, well, stack apart, the rest Apart of from it. Pedro and Chio the first time. Yeah. If you're going to put Sean on the headline of this card and if you're going to drop his whole fights afterwards, you're doing as much as you can do. But like, ultimately, it's kind of on something special and magical to happen. Yeah. And yeah. they've set him up for that with T99. So let's not forget as well. They obviously, as you have been saying, they are pushing him and they have a lot of faith in him. They've given him Cheeto as his first defense, who's like number six. I get, I get that because McGregor did that as well. He tried to get all his losses back. But it's it's interesting how obviously they didn't say, no, we're not doing December. You're going to wait. We're going to schedule you next year. But they were like, yeah, you can fight Cheeto, even though for your first defense, other than like what Bisping, there's quite a low number. Let's speculate yeah. who is going to be those two title fights. Well, Leon right. Edwards, so wait, probably. So Leon Edwards, Bilal. Leon, Leon and Bilal, because they're available. Co-main event. Heavyweight, heavyweight's not available. Light heavyweight. Pereira says he's back. He says he's back, yeah. But whether that's 300 or not. Well, we're going to find is, out. We looked, we looked at the division a little bit earlier, and it's really only Ankalive and Walker that are yeah. available. Do you think yeah. Ankalive and Walker... Walker could turn around yes if, for if, a title if, fight yeah if someone wins uh re- like not like dominantly or they win unscathed then easily but even then like you said if their title fight's on the line and they're a little bit injured they might still it's two months so it's like what eight weeks so it's like it's, it's, a tough turnaround yeah, for either quick. of those guys as well if you I, I feel like if you'd come out if you won quickly and come out unscathed you could just kind of have a week off get and get back into camp and then just probably you could probably manage it but yeah for for lightweight a light heavyweight, that's really the only two that are available. Which is a shame, really, because you really want Pereira on that card as well, don't you? Like, At what point do you just start giving him an opponent, even if it doesn't really make sense, just because you want him at UFC 300? So middleweight, we've got Sean and Drickus fighting. Drickus doesn't seem like he rushes into fights. Sean fights a lot, but he's, I think when this fight was first announced, he said that he kind of had to save the day for Canada. He didn't want to fight yet, but the UFC were like, mm, we kind of need you. It's not going to be Pantoja. It can't be Volk or Ilya. 55 Islam. Is it going to be Alexa Leon. Grasso, Shevchenko threat? I, th- I think you're right. I think it'll be Grasso defending again in, in the trilogy, or it'll be Poetan versus someone. But then who, who else is there? It's not it's looking not really... fantastic. Or if it? Tom Aspinall does like, he says, fuck it, I'm going to stop chasing you now, John, yeah, and then Tom, just fight someone. Tom yeah. Aspinall, yeah, it's still versus time. Tom Tom Aspinall Aspinall versus Tom Aspinall versus Garn or... Tabura again. Tabura, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a solid 43 minutes, this mm. uncut podcast, isn't it? And the best way to... Uh, well, the only fucking way. <laughs> the only way. And if you do want to watch the whole unedited version, um, there's lots of crazy stuff in that. Lots of speculation, too, about UFC 300. Swearing. Lots of swearing. Nudity. Some people like that. Some people don't like that. Was there nudity? Yep. You guys didn't see it. You have to go frame by frame. Oh, yep. gross. What you have you done? Blink and you missed it. So if you would like to support us throughout 2024, that is the best way to do it. So join us on the membership program and welcome to the family. <laughs>